The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What happens when a good man encounters an evil entity? Then we take a look at a bizarre Bigfoot story that forces us to ask the question, is the Sasquatch actually man's best friend? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm actually super, super cold. I will say that it's like five degrees up here right now, and I don't know how long the power is going to hold out. Send help, send FEMA out of here. No, uh, we're in blizzard uh, weather, and so these episodes this week are probably going to be kind of short. I'm going to try to record as many as I can in one day because the temperature is only getting colder, and I have to shut my heater off to record these episodes so if you can see what i'm wearing right now it's quite foolish to be wearing in front of a microphone recording a podcast but i gotta shut the heater off for the audio quality and i gotta stay warm for quality of life for staying alive so we'll see how many of these episodes you're like jason you're not gonna be phoning it in no we got a lot of really cool stuff this week yesterday's episode i recorded before the storm and now we got these as the snow continues to fall behind me. But someone who never falls behind me, someone who doesn't appear in the clouds and crash down to the town of Hood River, coming into Dead Rabbit Radio Command right now, everyone get on your feet for legacy Patreon supporter, Corey Dennis. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Yeah! I'm all clapping my hands just to keep them warm. I'm all rubbing them. Ooh, Corey! Looks like I'm about to eat him. Corey Dennis, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. He's a returning Patreon, longtime Patreon supporter. Really, really appreciate it. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys can't support the YouTube memberships or buy merch or anything like that, that's totally fine. It truly is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know, Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. I always forget to mention, though, Patreon members do get access to the Patreon Discord as well as ad-free episodes. So, And the Patreon movie nights and all that stuff. So there's some good stuff. Other benefits. But if you can't join, I totally get it. I really do. Corey, let's go ahead and get this party started. Let's go ahead and tell... This will be a nice warm vehicle. I'm going to toss you a steam shovel. Let's all climb aboard the Carpenter Caboose. As Corey Dennis is shoveling coal into the engine, I'm all <laughs> trying to jump in like the coal. I'm all pretending I'm coal, hoping he'll shovel me in there as well. Corey, chug, chug, chug us all the way out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command. We're headed out to a friendly neighborhood. Chugga, 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 Nice, warm ride on the Carpenter Caboose. We're headed out to this friendly neighborhood. We're about to meet this guy named Caleb. That's not his actual name. But that's what we'll call him. Caleb has been having some issues lately. He feels like he's constantly being watched. He's sitting there. He's reading a book. 
And he feels eyes on his back. And he turns turning around. Don't see nobody. He's watching television. He's like, oh, that was a great book. I wonder if they made a movie adaptation of it. What? They made movies? Lord of the Rings? Wow, this is awesome. Where's Tom Babaldi? He's watching uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and he feels something staring at him. And he's, like, turning around. Huh? What? Huh? And he's home alone. Oh, man, sure is scary. It's the Eye of Sauron is upon me. He's all checking his pockets in case he has a little ring on him. He feels like someone's watching him from time to time. An unsettling feeling, to say the least. And, and Caleb says, listen, I've always been someone who's been a unlucky person. But I don't let that get me down. I don't let that get me down. Even though Caleb doesn't seem to have things go quite his way, he just tries to be upbeat. I mean, that's a good way to, to look at it. Your attitude... Creates your latitude, as I always say. I don't know what it means, but it rhymes. It sounds good, right? And you're like, what? There's a pilot. He's like, oh, I'm in a good mood. He's all flying the plane super close. He's like, my attitude's right next to the tree line. My attitude creates my latitude. I don't, I don't get it either. He's an upbeat person, even though he's had a lot of bad luck throughout his life. Well, anyways, all of this stuff is really coming to a head in 2023 because for a long time he's felt like something's been watching them. But in 2023, he began to hear voices. He's starting to hear voices. So at this point you're thinking, because what's funny is, is I'm telling the story to you is generally usually the same way I'm reading it. I'm going, oh, this guy's going nuts. This guy, his string of battle is about to continue. He's about, about to be diagnosed with a crippling mental disorder. Paranoia. Now he's starting to hear voices in his head. And it's not just any voice, right? It's not like a voice that he doesn't recognize. It's the voices of his family members. Hey, Caleb. Mom? Turns, looks, no mom. Caleb. Dad? Oh, dad, and he's all sitting on the toilet. He's like, Dad, what are you doing in here? And he'll ask his family members, Hey, Dad, were you in the bathroom earlier when I was taking a dump? Did you say my name? He's like, What? No, I didn't do that. Hey, Mom, I heard you call me. What'd you need? And Mom would be like, I, I didn't need anything. But since you're here, maybe you can help me peel these potatoes. She's all thanking the mental illness. She's like, Thank you, hallucinatory voices. He does more chores now. He's hearing voices of people that he knows which should be extra creepy he's also starting other things he's listening his items are moving around in his room he this was an odd detail he said he, he started having dreams of quote people i do not know which most of my dreams don't involve people i know i'd say 90 percent of my dreams i mean unless you include like jason statham right i might dream that I'm in an action movie with Jason Statham or something like that. But, like, I don't know him. I don't know him personally. <laughs> I couldn't call, pick him up. Hey, Jay, what's up? Like, I might have dreams of... But most of the time, even in... I did have an action dream recently. with me, Jason Statham. Or some action guy. He was British. I, I assumed it was Jason Statham. I never looked at his face. I was like, I'm just going to pretend that's Jason Statham standing next to me. It's Guy Pierce. I'm like, oh, man. I thought you were Jason Statham. I had a dream recently where we were, like, fighting some bad guys or something like that. I didn't know any of the bad guys. I don't know most of the people in my dreams. 
I figured that's normal, right? Most people don't dream about... Do you? When you have a dream, does it involve people you know? It's so rare that my dreams involve people I know that they stand... Those dreams stand out to me because it's super rare. Usually my dreams involve just a bunch of nobodies, right? Just a bunch of people that I've never met before walking down the street or I'll meet a girl in my dream. You know, stuff like that. I don't know none of these people. Anyways, is it, maybe I'm the abnormal one. That's not normal for him. Normally, he does dream about people he knows, apparently. Well, all of this comes to a head. Like, that all is interesting enough because you have to wonder, is this guy developing some sort of mental illness? Which, while interesting to us, would be not, not so interesting to him. It would be sad. But, you know, you can probably get through it. His attitude is creating his latitude. Here's an upbeat outlook on life. All this comes to a head, though, in 2023. It's time for him to do laundry. And the laundry machine is in the basement. Laundry, the washer and the dryer, they're down in the basement. And he said, I had a laundry basket full of clothes, and I was walking down the stairs into the basement. I got about halfway down the stairs when, all of a sudden... Somebody pushed me from behind. I didn't trip. I didn't stumble. I didn't miss a step. I clearly felt somebody push me from behind, and they pushed me really, really hard. He tumbles down the stairs, and by the time he hits the bottom, the laundry basket is on top of him. So at some point, he must have been. <laughs> think about think about how violent of a fall that must have been. Unless he was carrying the basket on his head. He's probably carrying it in two hands. To get pushed, he would have had to let go of the basket. It would have had to flip up. And he falls down and then it lands on top of him. He is now laying on the basement floor with a... Laundry basket of clothes on top of them, which I laugh, but now that I think about it, it'd probably be pretty warm to have all those clothes on top of you. He falls down the stairs, a laundry basket full of clothes on top of him. The fall is so violent, he dislocates his right foot. So that's not funny. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because it didn't happen to me, but I can't even imagine dislocating it right you you like you're moving your ankle and it's like flopping from side to side and i don't think he was doing i don't think he was doing that i think he's just like oh, i'm gonna lay here for a second and just yell for mom and dad i don't know how old this guy is i'm assuming like he's in his 20s just living with his parents but he could be younger he's laying on the ground laundry basket on top of him his right foot's dislocated the the big thing that worries him though is as he's laying there, well, first off, he realizes when he tumbles to the ground, there's nobody at that halfway mark in the stairs. It's not like his mom or dad did it at the top of the stairs. It's not like they did it halfway through the stairs and then they ran up real quick. He realizes that it was some sort of force that pushed him down the stairs, but it's not just that. He goes, as I'm laying on the ground, I am enveloped in this feeling of pure hatred. Caleb said, I just felt it wash over me. All of a sudden, this just unadulterated, raw hate washed down on him. 
So he realizes this is all kind of making sense to him now. Feeling watched, people get paranoid. Hearing voices is more concerning because that could 100% be a mental illness. It could be a stress. It could be a stress trigger. It could be a tr- triggered from stress, but it could be mental illness. But now he's actually actively getting attacked by something. He realizes this is spiritual. And whatever it is, it hates him so much. It doesn't just push him down the stairs and possibly, you know, kill this kid. But after it, he just kind of gloats. This invisible entity just hates Caleb so much that he's just soaking in it. Caleb's just kind of soaking in this pool of hatred towards him. Not a place you want to be. Caleb said, I ended up talking to a buddy of mine who's a pagan. And his buddy's like, yo, Caleb, I got something for you. You're telling me you got some evil stuff at your house. I got it. I'm going to make you this jar. I have this jar here. I'm going to put some stuff in it. I'm going to put some pagan stuff in it. I don't know. He didn't. Caleb didn't know what was in it either. Could have been like a goat's hoof and a little bit of barley. It could have been some sage and some like crinkled up pieces of paper with protection spells on it. Caleb didn't know. It didn't really matter because it didn't work. He goes, I got this thing for my pagan buddy. Hey, man, Caleb, I got you hooked up right here, man. I got this jar for you. I'm put all this stuff in it. Here you go. Here you go, my friend. Just take it back to your place. Put it in your room and you'll be protected, bro. So Caleb's like, yeah, sure. You know, any port in a storm. So he gets this jar and he puts it in his room. And the next morning he wakes up and the jar is not only laying on the floor of his room, but the glass is shattered. Caleb's like, okay, right now I have a bunch of broken glass in my room. But he said the puzzling part was, he goes, I don't even have hardwood floors. I have like soft carpets. The amount of force he's thinking to take this jar and smash it on the carpet. I mean, it's not impossible. He's not like, oh, this is the weirdest thing ever. Call the X-Files. But it's not something that... to do, do this experiment. Do this experiment when you're at home. Go to the most softly carpeted part of your house. Go, go to Walmart. Buy a mason jar. Go to the softest carpeted part of your house. Could be the nursery, right? Could be the playroom. And put the mason jar on the... Say like a a bookcase or something like that. Not super high. I'm I'm explaining this like you're actually going to do it. You're like, Jason, if you pushed it over, I don't imagine it would break. I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. I'll run multiple experiments tonight at your house while you're sleeping. You wake up, there's shattered glass everywhere. You're like, what? It's a dead rabbit radio miracle. Jason showed up. Ouch, ouch, ouch. As you're walking around, your feet are all getting cut up. It's not impossible. It's unlikely. I think I would say it would depend what's in there. <laughs> the bacon guy's like, here's a thing of rocks. Here's a thing of rocks. And I put in a little chunk of porcelain just to add to the extra paganism of it. Then, yeah, the glass will shatter. But we think that's weird. Caleb goes, listen, I don't know what to do. He posted this online underneath the name successful by 8643 He goes, this is a throwaway account. My friends would think I'm crazy. He goes, I don't know what to do. I've now I've now reached the limit of my resources, which was the pagan dude. That didn't work. He goes, I'm now asking 
people on the internet, like random people on the internet, what can I do? I don't know how to fix this. He did post, and he was trying to figure out if he could get any advice. He did say later on that he went to a local church that was actually right across the street from his house. This is something I say all the time on the show. Whether or not you are a member of a church or even a believer in that denomination, if you are suffering from a problem, especially a spiritual problem, they will help you. If you're an atheist and there is a mosque across the street and you go to them, they will help you. If you are a Muslim dude and you can't get to a mosque and there is a Baptist church across the street and there are crazy stuff happening in your house, they will help you. I will say there is a very small chance that they will not. If you are having some spiritual problems and you happen to know a rabbi and talk to them, it's not going to be like, well, sorry, sorry, I can't help you. Demons are pulling you in hell. The rabbi's like, I should have been Jewish. See you later. No. Spiritual leaders will help you. My father was a Southern Baptist minister growing up. He he didn't deal a lot with demons, but he did counsel people of many faiths who never attended church and never were going to go to that church and had no interest in that church, but they were suffering from something and fate led that person and my dad and they had a conversation and my dad helped them the best that they could. That is part of the ministry. So if there was a church across the street from your house and you're getting shoved down the stairs by probably a demon, at the very least an angry spirit, you are allowed to go next door and be like, hey, I know we've been neighbors for years and we've never talked. I need some help. Anyways, that's what he does. He said he actually just went across the street and went into the church. And since then, he says it feels like a weight, like a physical weight had been lifted off of him. But he goes, that's good. Like, I went to the church and I feel like something has been removed from me. He goes, however, I still feel hated. Like, this deep-seated hatred just follows me around. <laughs> but the weight's gone. But the, the physical sensation of being weighed down by something, that's better. But I still feel like I'm in trouble. So, yeah, I, I, I would classify this most likely as... A sinister spirit, to say the least. What's interesting is I kind of do want to default to demon, really for one major reason, and that is the physical force of it. It's a very powerful spirit. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Technically, it shouldn't be that hard for a ghost to push you, because if a go if if a strong enough ghost can uh, throw a teacup across the room. I would say it's an equal amount of force between throwing a teacup and pushing someone walking down the stairs. It doesn't take a lot of force. However, it's super rare. It's super rare when a ghost can injure a human. It dislocated his foot. I mean, that's pretty serious. So that that that's kind of the, why I default to demon, just because of the, the power level of it all. However, I do also think it could be a ghost because a ghost will see a ramp up. A demon's generally, a demon's existed since before time. It has a set power level, which is massive. Nothing on Earth could even match it. No organic creature can match its power level. A ghost gets stronger over time. A demon is just who he was. It's this thing that is extremely powerful. It's super smart, super strong. Has an agenda. 
A ghost, we usually see a ramp up because they're gaining energy. And we don't know, like, all of this stuff, really, I always have to remind you guys, is guesses. There, We've had, it, it's all guesswork. We just have to go off past ghost experiences, past ghost lore to figure this stuff out. So I could be completely wrong. There could be a third type of entity, or who knows? And probably is. There's probably lots of stuff things that we've never heard of because only survivors tell stories. And that's the crazy thing about this thing. It's trying to kill this dude. Right? It's trying to really, really kill this dude. And I think it is targeting him. No one else in the house seems to be experiencing this, or at least that they're talking about. And it absolutely hates his guts. The question is, what is it and why? But even knowing the answers to those questions, I mean, it's funny now that I, we got to wrap this up soon. I got to get on the next story. So I'm freeze to death. I'm going to run my heater for 30 minutes in between episodes. But it's interesting that it could also be a curse. I just occur to this. He does say, you know, he goes, I have a, I'm pretty upbeat. I consider myself a pretty... A pretty good guy. Am I, did I do something wrong? He does say that in his narrative. Did I do something wrong? And it's funny because now that I'm saying this story out loud, I've read it a couple times, and now that I'm saying it out loud, it could be a curse. It could. He could have pissed somebody off. Because it just uh, it, it, it's could be a demon. But what what's the point? It just seems to be pushing this guy around. Demons usually try to want to destroy people spiritually or families or communities spiritually a ghost it could be a ghost it sounds like a ghost but it's targeting him so specifically that i wonder if he has been cursed by somebody and again like imagine if you were going down that ghost route and it turns out he was being cursed you got to figure out what it is and why it's happening i don't have the answers for that unfortunately caleb but now that i say it out loud i'd probably start at the curse route i know you say that you wonder if you did something wrong. Really try to figure out if you did, if you pissed anyone off recently, a girl who's into Wiccan or, I don't know, bought a genie lamp, threw it in the garbage. Just try to figure that out. And uh, that'll be your first step. Also, try not to die during this mystery. Try not to get killed while you're trying to solve it. Definitely, whatever it is, ghost, curse, demon, or some unknown thing, it's definitely evil and it definitely wants you hurt at the very least it's pushing you crazy crazy stuff crazy crazy stuff Corey dennis let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world famous carpenter copter we are leaving behind this neighborhood why us all the way out to florida Corey dennis is flying us out to Florida. Specifically, we're headed out to the Everglades. I say specifically, I'm pretty sure it's huge. I haven't looked it up on a map, but I'm sure it's just swamps and gnarled trees. I've watched enough sci-fi channel movies about killer alligators to know what the Everglades look like, even though they probably shot those in Romania. We're headed out to the Florida Everglades because we're about to meet this young man named Anthony Cross. Anthony said that he recently left the military and because of what this back in 1982. So this wasn't like, you know, like Gulf War, Gulf War II or anything like that. However, 1982 does put him in the Vietnam era. 
And he goes, you know, Vietnam had ended when, like, 79, 77, something like that. Depending on how long he was in the army. He goes, he didn't say exactly where he served, but he did say it, it kind of messed him up in the head. That's why I figured he probably saw combat of some sort. He goes, it kind of messed me up in the head. I came back home and everything was the same just as I had left it. And that actually kind of messed with his head too. Nothing had changed but him. And that could kind of throw you for a loop if you've had these profound life harrowing experiences and then you come back and people are just kind of going about their lives as if nothing happened that would kind of throw you for a loop because you're you have completely changed and everyone else is still arguing about can you believe bread is a dollar 29 a loaf oh my goodness they complained about 1982 so anyways anthony cross says you know i gotta clear my head a bit i'm gonna go out camping i'm gonna go out to the florida everglades be an outdoors boy for a bit let's go do this and he does. I didn't know you could camp in the Everglades. I thought it was all swamp, right? He's all camping on a raft. I guess there's probably dry parts. I'm sure a lot of it's dry. Again, my only knowledge of it comes from movies. Swamp Thing on USA. The Swamp Thing, the television series. That actually took place in Louisiana. The point is, is that I didn't know you could camp in the Everglades. Well, he does. He spends three days out there just enjoying nature. Watching crocodiles swim by, or alligators, whichever one's down there. Squirrels eating nuts, eating nuts up in the trees. Anthony's like, ah, some things truly never do change. Squirrels love nuts. Eating nuts. Seagulls or whatever birds down there, flamingo. You're like, Jason, you could have done at least a little research. You're always talking about how you research. Oh, I got photographs of this building that was torn down in 1928 because I wanted to prove this ghost story. You can't even look up. You can't even find out what animals live down there. Penguin goes swimming by. Hey, Anthony. He's been out there for three days. It's time to pack it up. So he starts walking through the swamp or the Everglades, whatever it is. Again, I didn't even look it up. So anyways, he's walking. He's neck deep in the mud. Ah, I'm the mud monster. I now am the swamp thing. He's walking through the Everglades, and he listen, he loves being in the outdoors, he loves camping, but over the course of this three-day adventure, he got lost. He has no idea how to get back to where his vehicle is, and he's like, oh, no. <sighs> he's looking around, it just looks in one direction, nothing but swamp and trees, looks in the other direction, more swamp, more trees. He's like, it all looks the same. There's only seven hours of daylight left. And he knows the Everglades at night can be a scary place. Because I gotta get out of here. Or at the very least, find which direction to go. And if I gotta camp here another night, I got all my gear, but I'd rather not. He's trying to figure out which direction he goes. He climbs up the tallest tree he can find. Ugh. Uh, climbing up it branch to branch uh, and he's getting up and he realizes this is the tallest tree in the area for sure it's also really thin he gets up there and he's seeing how, how thin it is he's like oh this probably isn't a good idea but in for a penny in for a pound I, I if i don't get to the top of this tree and find my bearings i'm just gonna have to climb up another tree it probably won't be as tall 
and he's climbing up this tree and he gets to the top and he does get a good view of where he's at now. He's like, okay, this is actually totally worth it. I can see over a lot of the swampy forest. If I head in that direction, 100%, that's where my vehicle is. I know where I'm at now. That was totally worth it. But, but as he's having that, he's like, oh, that sure was worth it. As he's having that conversation with himself, he falls. The tree that high up can't support his weight. It snaps. He falls 16 feet to the ground. Wishes he was in the swampiest part, right? He actually lands and hits this one dry piece of the whole swamp. He lands, sprains his ankle, and hurts his knee. Uh, 16 feet's a long fall, right? Even into swampy water. He falls and he hits his knee. He hurts his knee. He sprains his ankle. He's like, oh, this sucks. But at least, you know, it's not broken, right? I could have dislocated my foot. That poor guy in the first story. I can make it to my car. I know which direction to go and I will be fine. So he begins to hobble off in the direction he needs to go. And he, he gets a bit of the way. He makes it a good distance, but he's just in so much pain. If anything, he probably underestimated how much pain he was in and overestimated how much he could walk. So he's like, okay, I know which direction I'm going to go in. I got to get there. Don't want to be in here after dark. Which, although I say he has all of his camping supplies. So I would be like, well, I mean, I would just build another camp. <laughs> He's not trying to build a camp. His knee's bleeding. He's like, oh, no. Now i got to go to the other side of the tent. It's all getting all hard to control. It's all boing. It's all springing around. He's like, ah. So he says, I, I, I need to get out of here. So he begins to scoot on the ground. He basically just sits down and scoots backwards in the direction he needs to go. And he does this for an hour. Sitting on his butt. Scoot. 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 I'm sure at this point he's probably ditching gear. He's not like, oh, no. I need to bring back my portable television set that I brought out of your camp. And uh, you'd be carrying the lightest stuff you could because you're scooting with it. He goes, I did this for an hour. The sun's getting lower, it's getting darker, and darker, and darker. He's scooting on his butt. Then he hears, from a bush nearby, a rustling. Not a squirrel. Knows that, from how big the rustling sound is. And probably a reason why he didn't want to spend another night. He sees this large cat. Walk out of the bushes. No, not Garfield. Just in case. I'm an expert of the fauna of the Everglades. This is like a cougar. It's not just Garfield. It's not Heathcliff. It's not, not any of those hip happening large cats. No, it's like a, a swamp cougar. A panther. That type of thing, right? Big cat. Large cat comes out of the bushes. And it starts crawling towards Anthony. And it would suck because all the stuff they tell you to, like, scare away a tiger or a mountain lion or whatever, a swamp cat, is to make yourself as big as possible. (laughs) He's sitting on his butt, right? He's not standing up anytime soon. He's sitting on his butt to make yourself as big as possible 
that's not going to work on this guy. And if this cat is hungry enough, it really wouldn't matter. Anthony's on the ground. He's injured. This swamp panther is coming towards him. And he knows he's dead. Anthony realizes this is it. This is how my story ends. And no one will probably ever even know. They'll know me as the army vet who came back into town and then, uh, quote-unquote, went camping and they never found me again. They'd probably think that I had killed myself or something like that because of the war or whatever. They'll never know. They'll never know I was eaten by a jungle cat. They'll never know I was eaten by a cat in the swamp. Thus ends the story of Anthony Cross. Well, I guess it's got to end somehow. He realizes that this is the end. When all of a sudden, he begins to cut. But, you know, he's not going to go without a cut. The cat's crawling towards him, and Anthony's doing his best as what he can do, right? He's, like, slowly scooting away from it. Cat keeps getting closer and closer, and he's like, this is it. This is it. This is how my story ends. I'm going to be eaten by a swamp cat. In the middle of nowhere, no one's ever going to find me. Maybe they'll find a tent or a boot. This is it. When all of a sudden... (laughs) Theater of the Mind. That was the sound of a rock flying from out of nowhere. All of a sudden, this rock... It's hurled from out of nowhere, and it smashes into the cat's head and just turns it to jelly. Just this rock is being hurled with such force that it crashes into that cat's skull and bone fragments and eye pops out, tongue bleh, goes everywhere. Didn't put it included in all these details. I'm just being graphic brains shooting out of the eye socket right in Anthony's mouth. He's like, no, no. This cat's done. This rock hits it. This rock hits its head so fast and with so much force that the cat is now lying there gurgling. He did include that detail. That's not just me being a sicko. He said the cat was just gurgling as it was all the ground, all you cat lovers out there. I figure this is different, right? Because this is like a predator cat. I'm not talking about like a house cat. I would never talk about that about a house cat. But their evil uncle, the swamp panther, well, he's eaten enough squirrels to earn my ire. The swamp cat gurgles. And Anthony turns and he looks to his right from where the rock came from. What would you, you think about what would be going through your head? You think you're about to be eaten and all of a sudden a cat's head explodes right in front of you. Like, how would you even process this? Anthony turns to his right from where the rock came from. And he sees standing there the mighty, the elusive... Many think he's mythical, but in fact, he is not the swamp ape. Bigfoot's mud-covered cousin. Watching, just standing there. It doesn't take Anthony long to figure out that he's the one who threw the rock, right? 
He's like, oh, who's standing behind the Swamp Ape? Is it a professional baseball player? He realizes, in very short order, that this monster must have saved his life. But again, a lot of stuff is going through his head, right? First off, he thought he was going to die. Then he saw a cat's head explode. Now he realizes that the Swamp Ape is real. All the legends are true. Sasquatch, Yeti, Bigfoot. They do exist. He sees the Swamp Ape standing there, and they're just kind of looking at each other. Classic Bigfoot. He goes, he was covered from head to toe in hair, except for its face. You can clearly see this creature's face. And he goes, we looked at each other. We looked at each other right in the eyes. And all of a sudden, a calmness washed over Anthony. Everything's going to be okay, he realizes. He just feels like everything's going to be fine. And then he, if, to just put a cherry on that Sunday, he hears a voice in his head. Safe. Anthony looks back at the cat and it's still... Just gurgling on the ground has a softball-sized rock embedded in its head. Not going to be telepathically talking to anybody anytime soon, buddy. Anthony realizes he's going to be safe. He looks away from the cat and back to where Swamp Ape was, and Swamp Ape is gone. And he can't believe any of this is happening. He's very grateful to be alive. He also realizes monsters exist. One. Two, some monsters are nice. And then three, he's still in the middle of the forest. He has to scoot his way out. All this stuff's going through his head at once. And that's when he hears another noise behind him. And he turns. And he sees a long, thin stick flying through the air right towards him. Not like Harry Potter. It's not like floating magically or anything. It's like someone was in the bushes and they chucked it to him. But instead of impaling him or going right through his eyeball, it just lands next to him. And Anthony gets the message. He believes that the Swamp Ape has just thrown Anthony a lifeline. He believes that the Swamp Ape has just given him a crutch. And he does. He lifts himself up using that crutch. Hobbles his way out of the Everglades. Finds his way back to his vehicle. And heads home. I found this story on Phantoms and Monsters. They got it from a YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the show notes called How to Hunt. How to Hunt is a YouTube video. They do cover a lot of hunting stuff. Obviously. And then they do cover a lot of paranormal Bigfoot stuff as well. Giant skull finding. Sasquatch activity. How to Hunt. I... Don't have the link to the exact episode. Phantoms and Monsters didn't link it, but it was on the episode. It tried to take my wife and a new trail cam photo. The facts by howtohunt.com. So I'll put the channel in, in the show notes. What I wanted to end this episode with was this. I got this idea when I was reading this story. And I haven't covered a Bigfoot in a long time because we try to cover the weirdest ones. 
Bigfoot telepathy, that's pretty normal when you get outside of just the basic Bigfoot as a biological creature realm. But think about this for a second. I had never occurred to me before. Most, not all, but most Bigfoot sightings are from outdoorsy people. And you go, well, Jason, obviously it's an outdoors cryptid. There's no suburban Sasquatch. There's that movie. And you're right, it is an outdoorsy cryptid. But, we talk about this a lot on the show, people who don't believe in ghosts see ghosts. People who don't believe in aliens see aliens. And there are people who don't believe in Bigfoot who see Bigfoot. But still, again, most Bigfoot sightings are from outdoorsy people. And you go, Jason, it's because... Bigfoot is an outdoorsy cryptid. It's a creature that is found in the wilderness. So, of course, only people in the wilderness are going to see it. What I find super fascinating about the Bigfoot witness story is that I am not an outdoorsy person. If I went into the woods and spent any amount of time in there, three, four, five days, and I saw a bear, I most likely, unless I clearly saw the snout or its head in a barrel of honey... I may confuse that with a Bigfoot. If I saw something like that walking on two legs through the forest, my first guess may be that's a Bigfoot. An outdoorsy person, they will go, no, no, that's a black bear. Also, run! They tell me that as they're already 30 yards in front of me. I always find it interesting, people, when I... Talk to people about Bigfoot. I'll talk to anyone about ghosts. I'll talk to anyone about... I talk to a lot of people about ghosts. Rarely do I bring up UFOs around people. Like, I will ask, is this place haunted? Do you guys believe in ghosts? That honestly is like an icebreaker conversation. I know it sounds weird. I did an episode on it. It's called The Boo Pill. I'll put it in the show notes. I talk about ghosts all the time. It is a great icebreaker. Aliens, not so much. And the reason why is that alien stories... Either involve lights in the sky or severe physical and mental trauma. You ask someone, hey, have you ever seen a ghost? They go, you know, that's funny. When my grandma died eight years ago, like, I swear that I saw her in my house a couple couple days after the, after the funeral. She was standing over my newborn baby's crib and I felt that it was her saying goodbye. It's an uplifting story. You go, hey, you believe in aliens? And some guy's like, yeah, actually, I have three implants in my brain. They abducted me last night, stuck a bunch of equipment through my eye sockets. <laughs> He's all just like kind of still blinded walking around. Alien stories are either I saw a light in the sky, I saw a weird disc, or I've been abducted since the age of six and they run experiments on me. I'm afraid to sleep. I mean, that's it's not a story they usually bring up. Bigfoot stories, though. I will always, always, when I meet someone who's like talking, they talk about hunting, talking about camp and stuff like that, I will say, do you ever see Bigfoot? And it's interesting to hear them because these are people who spend a ton of time in the woods. The number one answer I get is, I never saw them, but I've smelt them. I've smelt some, I've spent my life in the woods. Don't get to go out there as much as an adult as I used to, but I still get out there, you know, every couple weeks, once a month or whatever, and they'll say one time, I smelled something I've never smelled before. It wasn't a rotting carcass. It wasn't feces. It was nothing. He goes, I never saw it, but I've smelled it. I've heard that comment over and over again. Some people say, no, I don't believe in them. But that's actually a smaller amount when you're talking to somebody around here, at least. 
What if Bigfoot, this is what I'm getting at. What if Bigfoot is the outdoorsman spirit animal? What if there is a connection between the witness and the entity? What if they are actually seeing a physical version of their own psyche? We're getting really woo-woo here, right? We're getting really Gaia TV, but I wonder if there is a connection there. I really do. Because while you could say anyone in the woods could experience a Bigfoot, because that's where this... I mean, it's super rare, but you know what I mean? Like, if you go to a haunted house, you might see a ghost. If you go to Roswell, New Mexico, you might get abducted by an alien. If you go to the woods, Jason, you might see a Bigfoot. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you could take someone who's not outdoorsy. Because to me, everything would be Bigfoot. To me, everything that walked on two legs, <laughs> you're walking by, I was like, ah, it's Bigfoot. I wonder if it is something that only a select group of people can see. It's kind of a circular logic, but people are outdoorsy because they love nature and they love being in the wild. Even if they're walking around with a shotgun blowing its brains out, they still respect the nature. They realize if I don't blow this deer's guts to pieces with this gun, it's going to die of old age or it's going to get you know, mauled by a mountain lion or whatever. It's just circle of life, right? I'm going to blow it up, eat it. Whether I do it or something else does it or it dies of old age and the maggots do it. It doesn't matter. A lot of outdoorsy people are, even like the hillbillies running around with their shotguns. It's about that circle of life. And they're just a part of it. That takes a specific type of person. Even people who just go out camping, you know, occasionally to go out and smoke weed or eat magic mushrooms and have a big bonfire. They're kind of in between the civilized man, myself, right? The upper crust of society. And then the outdoors man. It's not a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Even though as you get older, you don't get to do it as much. That's true. That happened with a lot of my friends. They still yearn to be out in the woods. Or the swamps. And I wonder if there is a bond between that specific type of person. They can experience nature on a different level than I ever can. And outdoorsmen, they have a different connection to the outside world. It's part of them. As opposed to me. Who I'll, I'll go out there if I have to, but it's not someplace I ever want to go for fun. And I think I, I think that they have the ability to see Bigfoot and the ability to see ghosts. I'm not saying I'm better. There's like, oh, you don't see you don't see your dead wife. <laughs> I do. I'm sleeping with her every single night. They can actually experience more. They can experience ghosts and aliens and Bigfoot. I don't think I think there's a basically what I'm saying. I'll wrap this up because I'm freezing at this point. Bigfoot's about to come in and save me by giving me a fur jacket. I think that Bigfoot may be something that only a certain group of people can experience, and those are people who are attuned to the natural world, which in our modern world would be outdoorsmen. I don't think that the reason why Bigfoot is only seen in the woods is because he's a wood or a wilderness-dwelling cryptid, because obviously the Yeti is in, like, the snowy biome, and the, um, what's the guy, the Yowie in Australia is whatever biome Australia is, desert. I wonder if there is a connection. I wonder if Bigfoot is the outdoorsman spirit animal. And there is a connection, because really, they are the same. They both love nature. 
They both are a part of nature. And in a lot of ways, I mean, they're both kind of outsiders. I wonder if there is that soul brotherhood between Bigfoot and hunters. And that explains why hunters see them. It's another reason why. Yes, one is because they're in the environment where they are. But I think you could take a bunch of non-sons of the soil out there, non-hunters, non-outdoorsmen, with all of their recording equipment, and not find anything. This guy who runs this channel, which I really haven't watched much of these videos, but the guy who runs the channel How to Hunt, I'm sure he can come across more Bigfoot evidence in a couple months than I could if I did it for 20 years, because we're just different people. I think he might actually have a connection and all outdoors people have a connection to this type of entity. And it's a good one. Because if Bigfoot was easily found, then you wouldn't hunt him. It's almost like Bigfoot is being elusive on purpose because he knows that the people who want to find him love to hunt. It's so not just about the killing, it's about the sport. So Bigfoot could be purposely, this whole species, this whole Sasquatch phenomenon, they could be purposely elusive, not because they're trying to hide that they exist, but just to provide sport for their brothers. The humans that love them so much, they just want one more piece of evidence, one more sighting. And it's this circle of life the sasquatch hunters go out to hunt the sasquatch and the sasquatch knowing how important hunting is to the hunters are ever so elusive and it's all a game it's all fun it's not just the circle of life it's the circle of friendship DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.